Trust God, cry, repeat. Trust God, cry, repeat. Trust God, cry, repeat. Hey, ladies, this is Nyoka Hall, and I want to welcome you to Trust God, Cry, Repeat podcast. And uh, we have a new topic today called hosting heathens. Yes, I said hosting heathens. So let's dive in. When I think of the word host, it puts me in the mind of like hosting a child. And immediately my mind goes to uh, some sort of like exchange program. I'm sure you guys have heard of those. Um, An exchange student, I'll kind of explain a little bit because I wanted to make sure I researched it before I brought it to you ladies. So an exchange student is a high school or college age person um, who travels abroad to live in a new country as a part of their scholarly exchange program. While they're in the program, those exchange students typically stay in a local host family um, household. Um, And they attend classes at their local schools, um, all immersing, like all the while, like immersing themselves into a brand new culture, um, potentially learning a new language and experiencing the world from a different perspective. So when I thought about like um, immersion, I used to take American Sign Language and I remember um, having to be, it's kind of like dropped (laughs) in the middle of a very unknown, just new land and you're feeling your way through um because they feel that you know that type of program you really need to just be a part um of the community for you to kind of really grasp the full experience of um of of like the lessons of your education as an interpreter so i don't want to get too far off but that's what it makes me think of so i want to break down uh, four areas Um, That we as Christians can mistakenly do this with our family. We as Christians, I want to talk about four areas, how we can become a host for heathens. The first part that I want to talk about is the immersion. Um, Immersion into a brand new culture, uh, that section that we talked about previously. We can do that as a Christian um, family. We can allow our kids to be groomed by the culture inside of our christian homes like we actually can lend our children for lack of a better term to be groomed by the culture instead of what christ is um it's oh instead of totally being authentically christian in every area of life and you hear it said but i don't know if this is something that um i say as a whole that we consider as blood-bought believers that every area every aspect of our life every i mean every ounce of living as a christian should be saturated with jesus christ like we should do all things to be able to you know lift him up to glorify him in the way we live the way we move the way we talk i mean like everything should just be dripping with jesus christ if if for lack of a better term okay so another area i wanted to kind of break down was uh, the part that I talked about in the exchange um, area about them potentially learning a new language or new way of living. Um, So instead of being Imago Dei, which we are, we are all made in the image of God. That's what we are. Um, We can allow our offspring to be modeling Satanists and faithful pagans reeking of rebellion instead of upholding the word of God. 
And I'm going to say that one more time because to me, it's like, wait a minute, what? What did she say? So again, as Christian, uh, Christian family, as Christians, we can turn into hosts, if for lack of a better term, for heathens, if we allow our offspring to model Satan and be faithful pagans reeking of rebellion instead of upholding the word of God. So um, let me move to the next section and I'm going to break all these things down even further. But um, another point I want to hit on is a part of the exchange uh, student thing. And as, as far as being a, a host for heathens in a Christian home that I want to point out that it's temporary. So we as Christians, we can become host families for our own children instead of inter intentional, excuse me, almost said international, intentional Christian parents. It is so important for us to be intentional, to make sure the things that we do, we've thought about and we also prayed about even those really hard things that it's like, okay, we thought about it, we prayed about it, but then receive wise counsel. And then, so we thought about it, we prayed about it, we received right, wise counsel, but then also go to the word of God to make sure that we ourselves um, are lining up with what the scripture says. That's the intentionality. Um, but we can make sin acceptable at later ages. For example, you can get a tattoo, but you can't get one until you're 18. Or you can wear you can't wear tight revealing clothes until you're 12 or 13. And we may never say this with our mouth, but we do when we let our children come out um like that basically when you let your daughter come out with her chest out and her tummy out or you can let your daughter come out with the booty shorts or you let your daughter come out in the short skirts or the short dresses or the too tight and all we can say that by allowing them to do those things and not correcting that or you can't have sex until you're 20 or 21 um instead of you know sex being marriage for sex being for marriage only because it is marriage is between one woman and one man i will always say that but also the engaging of being sexually active is to be done between a husband and a wife it is not to be experimented and tampered around around with before marriage at all period there is no there is no uh how you want it <laughs> there's no escape clause or there's no um what i want to say oh exceptions there's no exceptions for this rule Christ is the standard and God set it out in his word that we are to remain pure until marriage where we give ourselves to our husband. That, that's where that's how it's supposed to go. But again, this temporary way of you're in my house for a short amount of time. Just wait to sin until a more acceptable time may never again, like I said, come out of our mouth. But we do it in the not standing up for the godly standards that Christ has set up. Or here's another one. You can't have an attitude or be disrespectful until you're a teenager. Now, somebody will probably be like, what is she talking about? But these are the things that you find that mimic the world in our Christian home. Because we turn from being intentional Christian godly parents to, well, the culture says she's this old so she can do this. Or the culture says teenager equals attitude and uh, doom and gloom and excessive piercings or, um, you know, all these other things. Like, see, even our household, I make sure, like, I made sure before our, our oldest turned 
any teen, anything with teen behind it, that we establish that I will call her a young lady because teenager has a negative connotation to it. So it's certain expectations. If you say, well, I'm a teen, like, or you, you can be in public and say, oh, well, I have a 14, 10 year old and three year old or whatever, however age your, you know, your kids are. And you always get that kind of grown to it. And I'm like, what is that about? Because my daughter um, is living in a way to please God. Is she perfect? No, but she is intentionally living for Christ. So that's another thing. Like you cannot, you should not as a Christian, um, young, young lady or lady, um, make it acceptable for sin to be acceptable at a later age. You should not delay sin. You should teach them to resist temptation. You should teach them to um, make sure that they are obedient to their father and their mother, that you should teach them to make sure that Christ's standard is the only standard. Like it's not, well, some people in the world do this. That's how we let down. We don't want to host heathens. So let's get back to it. Um, So the other, the last section um, well, actually it's two more. So we're going to go ahead. It says, um, the viewing from different perspective, like that is one of the, um, areas as far as the exchange program that stood out to me, uh, because the, the goal is to look at life through the eyes of another culture or look at life through the eyes of, uh, a, a different family or different exposure or different, uh, schooling, if you will. So as Christians, again, we can, um, with this exposing them them to Christ as a theory. And that's something that seems very common to uh, say, well, we are Christians and you know, Christianity is something that we do and something that we do on Sunday and we kind of limit it to Sunday and Wednesday. And then it's kind of like, so what do we do with the other days kind of thing? And it's not in every household, but I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm going down the list to make sure that it's all inclusive of the things that, you know, you see, you hear, you've experienced all those things. So, uh, we expose, we expose them to Christ as a theory, or we expose them to Christ as a get out of hell free card basically like so where we don't explain you know that christ is amazing that christ is our savior what christ did for us to even be his you know as far as like not being uh in hell forever and separated from him for all all eternity like we don't expose them to christian uh, christianity as these are the things that god has set out that he says that are good for us and these are the things that he said to abstain from no we do the did God really say narrative like you know trust Jesus and put Jesus in your heart you know and then as they get older it's like we don't we forget to revisit the fact that for Christ we live because it's for his glory and his honor um you know the standards are there because we love you or we don't do dating and test driving before marriage because we love you and Christ love you enough not to make sure that you're all heavy laden with baggage from broken hearts and um people who didn't create you trying to speak into your life about things that they have no authority to do like we never like and i can't say we never but i'm saying in the grand scheme of things christian homes are starting to mirror the world period like christian homes by and large instead of i'm not saying on an individual basis but as the whole body of Christ, it's a big letdown. Like we are starting to let the culture dictate what we do, say, feel, and how we, um, how we live as far as with our children and bringing them up. Cause the Bible says, if we train them up, 
to know the Lord. And this is paraphrasing because I don't have it right before me. Um, but we are supposed to train our kids up in the knowledge of God. Like we are supposed to prepare them and train them to infiltrate the world. The world. Ugh, I got tongue tied. I was almost going without tongue tightness. Ugh. But we are supposed to train them and equip them to be able to go out into the world. Go out into the world and actually proclaim Christ. Go out into the world and actually share the gospel. Like those things are what we are supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to teach them how to be compliant and complacent. We're not supposed to teach them how to compromise to be a part of the world and not stick out too much. But back to it. Let's get back to it. Um, we are instead supposed to remember to explain that Christ and living for Christ, who Christ is the most powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent savior, and the only one true God. Explain Christ how Christ is and not a whole list of do's and don'ts. Because the do's and don'ts matter because of his love. The don'ts always are because, you know, he loves you and he wants you to be okay. He doesn't want you to be all tattered and torn because you decided to live like the world as a Christian. Like that, that's life threatening. You can't do that. So let's get back to it. Um, we can do this also as far as hosting heathens by ignoring the fear of God. In Christian homes, our children should know to fear the Lord, not just say all like, oh my goodness, you know, fear like a, a reverent fear. But we also also should be establishing a healthy fear, fear of God, like where we understand that God don't play like what God says in his word is going to come true. So those who are half living and chilling out on the white road with their uh, canopy and their hammock. They will face destruction. Like God does not play. God will not be mocked. The word of God says God won't be mocked. And I'm paraphrasing once again, but he will not mock me. He will not be mocked. All these things that are going on in the world um, and going on in the culture and going on um, in the lukewarm households of America, they're going to have to face the judgment of, of, of Christ. And those that are blood-bought believers and, and actually living this thing will be clothed in his righteousness. Because we cannot stand before God on judgment day in our own righteousness because that equals damnation. We can't do it. Our righteousness are like filthy rags, the Bible says. So we have to make sure that we are ingraining the world. Um, we have to... We have to make sure that we are not ingraining the world's way into them. Now, this may sound far-fetched, but we do this every time we lessen the authority of God in our lives and in our homes. We make an excuse instead of committing ourselves and our children to obey Christ's standard above all else. We then confirm that we have allowed our children to exchange to become exchange students. Sorry. Instead of godly offspring, giving the world our authority due to us trading our command, our command for constant involvement and intentionality for the world's overexposure, over sexualizing and purposeful confusion. I'll restate and re not restate. I'll repeat uh, that. We do this as far as ignoring God or ignoring the fear of God or ingraining the world's way when we confirm that our children are living as 
exchange students instead of godly offspring. We are not to give the world our authority. We are supposed to be constantly involved and intentional in the training and upbringing of our Christian children. Because the world's way is, is bit based and bent on overexposure, over-sexualizing, and purposeful confusion. And if we do these things, if we live in this way to where we become host families instead of godly families, then our children will face defeat. Like, they will not be able to stand. They will be just like the world. We will become nothing more than host families with our own children. This is a call and a plea for us as Christians, as Christian women, to be prayerful and to have those hard conversations with our husband about the direction of our families. The world wants you to soften your hold on truth. The world wants you to do that so that you can ignore the fact that your daughters are preferring to look like and act like boys. They start preferring to play with Tonka trucks and Legos and over a tea set and wear girly frilly clothes. Or your sons are pretending to that Barbie is just as fun as playing with footballs and, and basketballs or going out and getting dirty. Madness is rampant, y'all. We cannot host heathens. We cannot make excuses for our children's behavior instead of rebuking them or setting them straight. It doesn't matter if we have one child or 16 children, if they follow Baal. God desires godly offspring. Heathens don't bring God glory. Heathenistic lives and behavior does not bring God glory. You know, because I know, okay, as a woman, sometimes you face that pressure from culture. Because I've experienced it before early on when we only had like one child or we were, we had one child and I was pregnant with the second. That, well, how many are you going to have? Nobody else's business but your husband, really. Or don't you think two is enough? You got one boy and one girl. But it's honestly, it doesn't matter, like I said, if I have one or 16, if they are not following God, that does not bring him glory. What brings him glory is the intentional, intentional upbringing and, and teaching and ingraining the word of God in them, the fear of God in them, the reverent, just fear and, and love and appreciation and overpouring gratitude for his sacrifice for us to have salvation for us to live that's what brings god glory you never hear about people showing off pictures of their child serving a double life sentence you're never like oh okay what's what's your child's name oh it's Bartholomew I didn't think of something random name but you know look look he's in jail for double murder like you just don't hear that that's not something that you boast about you know so it reminds me of an older movie called a league of their own and it was a time where most were able I'm sorry most able-bodied men were able to go to war or they they needed them for war so it was like a mass exodus of people um or men being drafted into the war so women entered the workforce in droves. Now, this particular woman was drafted to play America's greatest pastime, baseball. She also had to now convince her new coach to allow her to bring her son, 
who she's described as a little angel. Oh, he's just a little angel. And she wanted to bring him on the road with the team. And it went a little something like this. Remember, Lucifer was an angel too. So I want to read uh, Ephesians 4 and 14, which says, So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. That's the Ephesians 4.14, the ESV version. Um, I also want to read Galatians 5 and 1, the ESV version says, We have to... I'm sorry, that's my part. We have to um, live by the word of God, period. And this scripture says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. We can't do it. We cannot be free. We can do it as far as our being able to, but we shouldn't do it. We should not become free and have children who you give their life to Christ and you know that they're now they're part of of Christ's body and then allow them to have lax standards. What benefit of that what benefit is that? Y'all please pray for this. Ugh, I was doing good and I keep stumbling over my words. Um what benefit is that to become a Christian who lives like the world? Uh that's what sin is you know, slavery, the yoke of bondage. But let's get back to it. So Galatians 6 and 9 um, also states that let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And I know some people are, I know some parents I've even talked to are running on burnout, you know, where they actually need just some encouragement. Um, they need some just somebody or some families to stand beside them and just let them know you know that they're not in this alone um but i know that for us to give our children a fighting chance we have to fight for them with christ he has to go before us and empower us to do what galatians 6 and 9 says so we can you know continue in the ways of the lord and not give up that we can you know continue without growing weary i mean it's very easy to be a bad parent an extremely easy task like it is really easy to be a bad parent you just look at the the great things and just do the opposite um it's hard and necessary though to be an imperfectly intentional parent because you're not going to do this 100 percent. but your intentionality to please the lord um that's that's what the lord blesses um the the will to want to do to want to please him um are you committed to being a godly family who produces godly offspring or will you be a host family for your children trafficking your own offspring for the world and the culture and the kingdom of darkness we all have a choice to make which one will you be will you host heathens or will you produce godly offspring Trust God which is a lifelong task Trust God, if you've heard something today Trust God, that is encouraging to you, Trust God, share with someone else. 
And remember, ladies, to trust God, cry, and repeat. God bless you.